0: Story of a Season He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Here's your host, Truman Chose You're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM So Monday night between the Broncos and the Chargers was the wrap-up to week 6 of the NFL season and it has still been very chaotic. Only a handful of teams have more than four wins. There aren't too many who have looked particularly awful yet. Uh, but today, as a disgruntled Green Bay fan, I'd like to lead with last week's game against the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, while both teams were 3-2 and entering the week, the Packers were favored by roughly a touchdown, I had previously voiced my concerns about the Packers a couple weeks ago after they had a very close win against the Patriots, which was not pleasing to me, Uh, but I was not seriously concerned about them losing to the traditionally sad franchise that is New York Jets. After all, every Jets win could be easily explained away thus far. They had the Browns game in Week 2, which was very fluky, literal last-minute win, uh, and the Steelers and Dolphins, who they also beat, were dealing with some quarterback issues at the time, and they looked terrible in their losses to the Ravens and Bengals. Uh, but the Packers and Jets then found themselves tied 3-3 to at halftime, uh, very anemic offenses at the time. Uh, halfway through the third quarter, the Jets finally made the end zone, and a few Packers sp- special teams mishaps later, they'd sealed a 27-10 to win. Uh, so first of all, congratulations to the Jets. I had previously written them off. I thought they would just finish last in their division. Uh, but at 4-2 and two, thus far, they're at least as solid as most of the other AFC teams right now. Uh, I do have questions about how long this can be sustained. Uh, right now, they're just kind of fine in most areas. I just don't know what I think they're truly great at or what they excel at. Their defense has been decent and... They're also pretty good at rushing the ball, as, for instance, in this play from last week. Oh, trickery. Berrios on the reverse. Gets a great block. Braxton Berrios with the speed, and he is in for the touchdown! That came courtesy of the NFL, Fox Sports, Kevin Burkhart, and Greg Olson. Uh, But in the spirit of optimism, before I bemoan the state of Green Bay— I'll say that if Zach Wilson continues to improve and Robert Sala continues to make the most of his defensive players, I think this will be a very interesting team. Their next four games are against the Broncos, Bills, and also the Patriots twice, so that should give us a pretty good handle on how good they really are. Uh, Now on to the Green Bay Packers. So the Matt LaFleur era in Green Bay has never had a record worse than 13-4. They have never lost more than four games in a season. Uh, Already this year, they have lost three games just six weeks in. Uh, They also have not looked particularly good in most of those games. Uh, Ben Baldwin of The Athletic, who I would also recommend as a Twitter follow if you're interested, uh, often references a stat called expected points added per play, uh, and that divides up a team's performance into the different phases of the game. Uh, Based on this, on a per play basis, the Packers are barely outperforming the Chicago Bears. That's including both offense and defense, which is not very encouraging. Uh, it's almost like trading away arguably the top weight out in the league and having only a subpar receiving core could lead to some offensive struggles. A uh, football outsider's DVOA has them as the worst rushing defense in the NFL, uh, which means that if they fall behind, the other team can run the ball all over them as much as they want, chew clock, and maintain the lead. To the very end. Uh, they arguably have a decent pass defense, at least, but I had several fellow cheeseheads who assured me that this would, without a doubt, be the number one defense in the league this year. It has certainly not been that. Uh, their next game is against the equally demoralized Washington Commanders, uh, who will also be starting their backup, Tyler Heineke, at quarterback. But that's the beginning of a three game road stretch, which also includes the Bills, and their schedule doesn't lighten up too much afterwards. Uh, so the question will be whether this is closer to the 2016 or 2018 season. In 2016, they started 4-6, and six, looked terrible, uh, but Aaron Rodgers famously declared they could run the table, which they did, and they won eight games in a row before losing in the conference championship. Uh, but in 2018, they looked consistently mediocre before finally finishing their season with just six wins. I certainly hope they can figure something out before it gets too late, but if they can't win in Washington, I will have very little hope for the rest of the season. As I mentioned, so far this year, uh, only a few teams are sitting at more than four wins, to be exact, four. The Bills and Eagles are not surprising at all, but the other two teams are, and they are the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. Both teams have two of the worst point differentials of any 5-1 teams in NFL history, thanks to how many close wins they have. They're also a bit below average in DVOA. So given their seeming lack of domination, I wanted to dig a bit into both. Uh, First, the New York Giants. Like the Jets, I just kind of assumed they'd be one of the worst teams in the league by default. Football Outsiders had them projected as the worst one. Even if they aren't as good as the record implies, they've definitely been a decent team. Also like the Jets, I'm struggling to determine what exactly it is that they excel at. It seems like they've put together a team that's a bit above average at offense and mostly not horrific at defense and somehow made it work. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the running back, is having a fairly solid year, so their best unit might be rushing, uh, but I don't love the either the offensive or defensive lines uh, for the Giants, and the rushing defense is almost as poor as the Packers. Uh, So far, every single game they've played in has been decided by one possession, so there's been a bit of luck involved. They had to come back against the Titans and the Packers and the Ravens after falling behind by double digits. In the Ravens' game, they relied on this play late in the game. Dime package on second and ten. Jackson loses the ball! Pop three! The ball still rolling around! The Giants jump on it! Thibodeau with the strip! That came courtesy of the NFL, CBS Sports, Ian Eagle, and Charles Davis. To emphasize a point from football outsiders that I'm pretty sure I made before, getting to the quarterback is a skill, forcing a fumble is a skill, but jumping on an oblong object as it bounces around and getting to it faster than the rest of the guys around you as you've all just barely processed that the ball is going out, that is not a skill. That is luck. Daniel Jones uh, has also been one of the least efficient quarterbacks in the league this year, albeit with a very weak supporting cast. But we're in year four at this point, and I don't know if I really trust him as the guy, as the franchise quarterback. I feel like we should have seen some development by now. That being said, even so, this is a team that had rock-bottom preseason expectations, so any overperformance is to be welcomed. Uh, the Vikings, on the other hand, were trendy picks to win the NFC North this year. Fox Sports personality Colin Cowherd, for instance, noted how many weapons were on offense, how Kirk Cousins finally had an offensive coach in Kevin O'Connell, and just how good the defense could be. Uh, I also bought into this. I picked the Vikings to win the NFC North, which obviously they still could. Uh, but So on the one hand, a 5-1 and record wasn't entirely unexpected. But on the other hand, how they got to five wins has kind of been underwhelming. They had a very solid win against the Packers, then they were flat against Philadelphia, and every single game since then has been one score. Uh, This has also been against some weaker teams. They had the Lions, the Bears, the Saints, and then the Dolphins, who were also dealing with some quarterback issues. Kirk Cousins, despite his new offensive coach, has been well below average in net yards per attempt and just roughly average in about every other statistic. Football Outsiders has this as his third weakest season so far. Uh, However, they have been pretty good at running the ball with Alvin Cook, uh, and they have one of the best run-blocking lines in the league, according to both ESPN and Pro Football Focus. Uh, They also play in a weaker division. As noted, the Packers are terrible. That might be an exaggeration, but that's how I feel right now. And the Bears and Lions have not been overly inspiring as of yet. So both the Giants and the Vikings are 5-in-1 teams who have played more like 3 win teams, but somehow it feels like an overperformance for one and an underperformance for the other. However, they're still both likely to make the playoffs. Uh, remember, they aren't just due for losses just because they've overperformed. We should just expect their close game luck to be around average going forward. So if they were to play at about the same level, and that would be about 500 the rest of the way, That's 10 or 11 wins. Uh, In the weak NFC, that should be more than enough wins to put a team over the top. The Giants play against the Eagles and the Cowboys in their division, so that might be a little tougher for them to win. The Vikings, as I mentioned, have a pretty weak division, but either way, a playoff spot is very much within reach at that point. Uh, But if they do make it, they aren't necessarily destined to just be a playoff doormat. In the past, several teams have looked like mediocre five-win teams at this point in October, only to turn it around later and perform well in the playoffs, as well as improve their underlying stats. The 1998 Falcons and 2003 Panthers were both teams who were below average uh, by advanced stats at this point in the season, and somehow they both still made it to five wins by now. Uh, Both teams ended up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, actually. Uh, the Falcons, in particular, looked like a much-improved team by the end. Uh, on the other hand, there's also last year's cautionary tale of the Baltimore Ravens. So the Ravens started 5-1 and one, thanks to a number of close wins, and at one point they were the top seed in the AFC as late as November, I think. Uh, they were 8-3. and three. But injuries and close losses meant that after their 5-1 and one start, they went 3-8 and eight the rest of the way and missed the playoffs. So who knows? Maybe the Vikings and Giants both just need a little time to gel. After all, they have first-year head coaches uh, who have thus far impressed, and so maybe they just need a little bit of time to make that come together. Or maybe they'll get to the playoffs and just get exposed as a paper tiger. Or maybe they'll hit the injury bug like the Ravens. Or maybe something entirely different will happen. We don't know, and that is part of why we watch and part of the beauty of the NFL. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. This is Story of a Season, and I'm Truman Shos. Moving on to power rankings for this week. Number one, I decided to move the Buffalo Bills up to the top spot. I've had them below the Eagles. I think there's an argument to be made there. The Eagles are the only undefeated team as of now. But I think if the Bills played thousands of games against an average team, they'd win more than the Eagles would. They're currently number one in both offense and defense in DVOA, and they've allowed the fewest points and scored the second most, uh, which gives them a point differential of plus 95, which is the best by far in the league. I've gone on and on about Josh Allen and their defense. You Don't need to hear any more about that. Bill's at number one. Number two, I'm going to put the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they've just looked a little bit weaker than the Bills in the last few weeks. All three games have been fairly close calls with no blowouts, and they were against weaker op- opponents. They were trailing the Jaguars by a decent amount. They almost lost to the Cardinals. They had a fairly decent lead against the Cowboys, but that was that game was almost lost. Uh, So their fourth-quarter performance is kind of concerning to me, uh, but they do have the second-best point differential in the league. No other team in the NFC has looked anywhere near as good as them, and their upcoming schedule is incredibly easy. Eagles at 2. Number 3, the Kansas City Chiefs. They just barely lost the Bills in a game that really could have gone either way. Their offensive line issues finally seem to be somewhat fixed, and they haven't missed Tyree Kill yet. Uh, Their pass defense has been one of the worst in the league, which is concerning, but this team has been to the last four AFC championships and still has its core of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to bet against them until I get some really good evidence. They've just had the two losses so far this year and have otherwise looked very solid. So Chiefs at three. Number four, I'm going to put the San Francisco 49ers. I might have them a little bit high given how many injuries they've had. But when they're healthy, they are one of the best teams in the league. Uh, They're great at both passing and stopping the pass. They are very highly ranked at net yards per attempt, as well as opposing net yards per attempt. Their defensive line is excellent, of course. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably better than you think. He is currently one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, and He has consistently been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league for a few years now. He made it to a Super Bowl. He's made it to a conference championship. And if you care about the quarterback win stat, then he has one of the best winning percentages in the league. And Kyle Shanahan has historically done better with him. So once the 49ers get healthy, I think it's them and Philly in the NFC as the clear top two favorites. On number five, I'm going to put the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I know they're 3-3. Three three. Uh, they've lost very close, but they've been otherwise quite good. They have had at least one close win and a couple of blowouts, and they played the Bills pretty close. Lamar Jackson has been terrific, and this is a high-scoring offense. Uh, I think that they could hold their own with any team, which I currently have ranked above them. Ravens at five. Number six, for the first time, I believe, uh, we have the D- Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they've had a shockingly solid defense, thanks mostly to Micah Parsons and his efforts. Uh, they haven't regressed as much as was expected last year. They were one of the top teams in the league, but everyone was kind of expecting them to regress a bit this year, thanks to trading away Mari Cooper and some others, but the Cowboys have not had any issues there for now. And outside of week one, they have been competitive in just about every game. They won their previous four, and then they just lost to Philly. But they still gave the Eagles all that they could handle. Uh, And now they're probably going to get Dak back next week uh, against the Lions. Uh, Cowboys at six. Uh, number seven, I'm going to put the Bengals. After a slow start, they're starting to get back in their groove. Uh, Joe Burrow is looking like his old self again. Uh, He's thrown 12 touchdown passes on the season. And he's cut down on his turnovers after his disastrous game against Pittsburgh in Week 1. I am slotting them a little bit below Dallas, just given that Dallas did win, and that was without Dak. Uh, But the Bengals, last year's Super Bowl uh, participants, I think, have been steadily improving over the last few weeks. Bengals at 7. Then, number 8, I'm going to throw the Patriots, who are 3-3. and They have had two extremely good defensive performances. Uh, They shut out the Detroit Lions, Uh, winning 29 to nothing. The Lions had previously had one of the best offenses in the league. I don't know if that was just because Matt Patricia, former coach of the Lions, now working for the Patriots, just had some inside knowledge on the Lions or really wanted some revenge. But either way, very impressive performance. Then last week against the Browns held them to 15 points. Again, also very impressive. The Browns have one of the top rushing offenses in the league. And then Bailey Zappi has actually looked like a very solid quarterback for now. Uh almost beat the Packers on the road. He's won his last two games and they scored a bunch. Twenty-nine points and then thirty-eight points. I'll see at Patriots at eight. All right, so then me that we got some game picks. Uh first of all, you got the Jets at the Broncos playing this Sunday. Uh, Broncos have not been as good as I expected. I was thinking that they would be one of the top teams in the AFC and in the league in general. Uh, Based on Russell Wilson, their solid defense, and their solid supporting cast, I did not account for Nathaniel Hackett being a terrible head coach. And I also did not account for Russell Wilson maybe being washed or injured or something, question mark. I Jets have more to play for right now. They're more motivated. They're starting to realize that they could be a serious threat in the AFC. Uh, I think that the Jets beat the Broncos outright on the road 23 to 17. Then we've got the Seahawks at the Chargers. Uh, Seahawks, I was flirting with them being a sleeper pick. Uh, before the season started, kind of liked them uh, after the game against the Broncos, then forgot about them. But now I'm, I'm just going to jump fully on the ship. Geno Smith has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league thus far this year. Uh, I believe he still leads the league in completion percentage. They dropped 48 on the Lions a few weeks ago. They have just looked terrific on offense, and their defense might be starting to come together. Chargers have... Looked not as great as preseason expectations uh, would have put them at. Yes, they're 4-2, and two, but they've looked kind of wobbly. I don't love them in this spot. They're not going to have an amazing home field advantage. I think that the Seahawks uh, upset the Chargers and win 31-30. to 30. Then we've got the Bears at the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are... As I said, I think one of the top teams in the league right now, or at least could be, Bears. Not a fan of Justin Fields and the offense right now. Patriots have had one of the top defenses. I think that Bill Belichick scheming against Justin Fields, this is just a nightmare mismatch. Uh, Bailey Zappi, I think he can make it work against this Chicago Bears defense, which has been merely adequate. I'm going to take the Patriots to win 27-17 to behind uh, the defense feasting on Justin Fields and Bailey Zappi doing his game manager thing. So then we've got uh, Atlanta at Cincinnati. Atlanta has been a surprisingly good team this year. I expected them to be one of the worst in the league, but they are currently 3-3 three and three and have been in every game they've played. I still like the Bengals to win outright, but I think that Atlanta can keep it very close on the road. Uh, Arthur Smith is starting to get his team together, knowing what he's doing. And I think that this will uh, mark them as a legitimate force in the fairly weak NFC. So I will take the Bengals to win, but the Falcons to keep it close, 27-24. Then we've got the Browns at the Ravens. Uh, I think that the Browns are going to keep it fairly close. They are the top rushing team in the league. Ravens are also an excellent rushing team. Uh, So I don't think this will be particularly high scoring, meaning that the Ravens won't get a huge chance to uh, put the game out of reach. Uh, The Browns just got humiliated. I like them in a bounce-back position. I don't know that they'll win, but I do like them to keep it close against the Ravens. So I will take the Ravens to win 24-22, but I think this will be close. All right, well, thank you for listening. This has been Story of the Season. I'm your host, Truman Chose, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.